0: I Sorry. still have not watched um
1: Stranger Things. I can't believe you.
0: Stranger Things, season four. I know. I can't I'm terrible, you. man. Slap me on the wrist. I uh
1: What are you watching now?
0: Well, that's the thing, man. I'm not watching anything. We're we're out no. of the bear. And every time it's been like a a, a busy, busy week. And so when I sat down yeah. in front of like I'll sit down in front of the TV the other night and I didn't want to get into like a heavy show. So yeah. I just couldn't do it, and that happened a couple of nights in a row, so it sits there unwatched, I ended up watching, uh, you know, because we have over the air, and so I ended up watching, um, it's kind, it's called Local-ish, it's like one of those 7.2, so it's like an ABC substation, uh-huh, and it's like yeah. a good, I mean, it's a light show, it, it talks about local eateries, they talk, to, it's like they, it's something they would have Donut Friend on, so they'll, uh-huh. they'll talk about stuff like that, it's just light, it's, it's easy for me to watch, and then I can go to bed, I'm not going to be all wired. Like when I was watching, (laughs) I think it was season three. And I was just like, I finished an episode at 11 or 12 in the morning. And I'm like, my heart's pumping at 100 beats per minute. (laughs) So it's just nice. It's easier.
1: I like an over-the-air channel every now and again. Yeah.
0: And what was it? We were talking about that today uh, in Discord, right? What was it? Jed asked if if you could have the, without spoiling anything, he just said, hey, if if there's a Vecna fight song, something that allows you to defeat or fight this this creature. And he's like, what would your Vecna fight song be? And I thought about it. And I don't know if you saw my response. I went through no. and looked at my last FM and with 481 scrabbles, my top scrabbled song is Lucky Denver Mint. And I thought, I thought to myself, man, I listen to that a lot. Yeah. And so I could think of songs that just like strike a chord with me now. Like it's like, it's in the moment where I'm listening to, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm listening to Black Balloon a lot. You know, from nineteen ninety seven. was Black Bloom. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I could have said, you know, this one gets me going. I don't know if it's like a good a, a song for that, but um, I looked at the the stats and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go with Lucky Denver Mint. So I did.
1: Solid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what mine would be.
0: It's a tough. I think it's a tough thing to to answer because like you could go with something like Danger Zone. Yeah. You know, like that, that. You know, the way that they opened that movie with it, it just it got you and I pumped watching that thing. Yeah. Listening to Lucky Denver Mint puts me in like a good, I think what I said was it, that song centers me. It, it lifts me up. It, uh, it sets me straight. It's just like one of those songs where if I'm sad, it lets me feel sad. If I'm feeling happy, then it, it reinforces that
1: feeling. Well, I think having that data up on last FM is really helpful. Um, cause when you were able to find your Vecna song, you just use the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> it was clear. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy E. Ah, <laughs> uh, I didn't know if you we were going to land the ship or not. Oh, I was. You know I was I getting
0: there. I was trying not to... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, it's fine. Maybe we'll, read... we'll do another song called Evidence and I'll get... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. You no. have to hit me with it no, mid-episode. No. Oh, somewhere. maybe I will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. I think that's good. And if you can catch it... So we it... talked about then you hit me with yeah, that that's hit me right. with the sting
1: that's right uh, we had talked about um, the old cover song had you uh, put more thought more thought we didn't get any voicemails uh, with anybody with theories of what the old cover song is although has the episode hit the airwaves yet maybe not i don't think the episode's hit where we pot pot Post- where we were postulating <laughs> about the uh, cover song that Jimmy World, did that go
0: on to uh, distraction to I think that was on distraction which hasn't I don't, ah, I don't there we yeah go. that's gonna well, be yeah we got another five days before that drops so okay well sweet
1: well no one's called yet. <laughs> uh, do you have anything uh, no, I I don't what the song okay, no well, I'm just keeping that thread alive um Lastly, Mitch followed up with some usury messages here. Hey, man, I'm like 40 minutes in. I had no idea you were going to obsess so much about that timeline. I just noticed and missed that message from you because I had messaged him among other people about the thing. Um, I should have responded. I believe I could have straightened out most of the debate. So sorry. But I sort of like the rabbit hole you go down about something so trivial. <laughs> uh, what did we ever do without the Internet? And I said, we really leaned into the comedy of it. Yeah. And he says, so much fact-checking. And then he laughs at ISY, but he doesn't give any information about what ISY meant. Um, But remember that was oh, yeah. the uh, code uh, for the uh, – for the untitled record. Yeah. I S Y zero zero four or something. Right. Yeah. But he does say I S Y. Um, and then he writes this when it's over and the smoke clears, pull your fingers out of your ears. Close man. My guess is that has to do with lyrics. Um, from usury. Yeah. Let's look. I'll bring that up. Wait, what was it that he said? Pull up. So he says, he says, uh, when it's over and the smoke clears, pull your fingers out of your ears. Okay, that's got to be
0: the second time it's said. Where it's when it's over, when I'm starving. So that when I'm starving's out. Uh, but then it says take your hand to rest with your head. The other one was could it be yanked out of your head? I guess I mean either of those. We just we, they were both misinterpreted lyrics. That's yeah. so different, though. It's Very- so different. But you know what? I wouldn't pa- put it
1: past. Uh, I didn't play bass in the band at the time. Uh, Jim.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Jim uh, Jim has this, this ability in these early years to make words sound like not Man. the words at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally. At all.
1: All right. Well, um, and then lastly, I guess housekeeping wise, uh, my audio fidelity was weird. Uh, and Justin had mentioned it, it, it Audition again, this is why I don't record on the computer. I'm just doing too much all the time. So, Audition keeps stopping recording because the video card, I'm just taxing the video, the audio card too much. The sound, I don't have the Sound Blaster Pro 16, I just have the Sound Blaster 16 <laughs> in this machine. So, um, uh, yeah, it's like I think Premiere is trying to take over the sound card while it's recording. So, auditions like oh, okay you're done recording but then what happens at the end when i hit stop recording it li- literally deleted all the previous audio files that uh, that it uh, should have kept so so annoying uh hoping that this week is a better uh, experience so we'll see anyway that's it for housekeeping do you have anything else before we jump into the song evidence uh no housekeeping no no sir sweet Song is Evidence. The album is invented. It's track three of 12. It was released September 28th, 2010. Uh, Jimmy Eat World and Mark Trombino uh, tag teamed the production on this. Uh, it was recorded at Unit 2 and Capital. Uh, one <laughs> a Discogs entry said that some of it was recorded at SAE Mastering, which is interesting. Um, and uh, also, I found a version that said that some of it was recorded at Mark Trombino's house. Um, so that was uh, interesting. Written by Jimmy, World Singer is Jim. No one's featured on this. This is a uh, DGC, David Geffen Company, and Interscope Records uh, label. Did you know I was watching this uh, LA in a Minute uh, Instagram page that I love now, <laughs> and he talks about the top five beaches in LA. So I was like, oh, what's 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 he what's he like? It's interesting that he lists Dockweiler on there, because I feel like no one goes to Dockweiler, because I grew up going to that beach, and it was always empty compared to like where I felt everybody else was going, but maybe it's the popular beach now or something anyway he's like uh uh he recommended i forget the name of it but he specifically pointed you know a lot of people think that this beach is private because it's behind a bunch of houses but la beaches are open to the public so you can go to these beaches right here and he pointed out specifically that uh there's a walkway from PCH to the beach between these homes, and he said this walkway runs along the side of David Geffen's house, and he's co- constantly trying to get people to think, like, put up fake no-parking signs, put up fake no-entry signs, but they're fake. They're not real. They, right. They're not enforceable because it they're public beaches. So anyway, David Geffen, uh, DGC, David Geffen, Interscope Records, that's how that came (laughs) up. Uh, It is a Do I Get a Pickle With That track. No demo that I could find. It's been played 105 times, 62 alone in 2011, um, which is right after the record hit. Right, right. First time they played it was a week before the record came out, September 21st, 2010, at Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia. Most recently, they played it October 25th, 2014, at the Orange Peel in Asheville, North Carolina, according to Setlist FM. Notable high note of A4 and F-sharp 4. Notable low notes of F-sharp 3 and D3. 48.4 thousand listeners scrabbled the song 239.4 times, 27 of which is from me. How many do you have? That's funny.
0: You mentioned 105. So I've listened to it a couple of times since, right? So I've got 107 now. Uh, 107 listens? Yeah. Uh, for this song, yeah, crazy. Yeah, there uh, <sighs> any what, what were the Spotify numbers on this track? Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Let's go back to that. That is um, 1.3 million for this track, compared to my best 30, which has five million. Well, uh, okay. And then there's a couple of others, like Little Thing and Coffee and Cigarettes, that are like in the in two million. So this is pretty high up there, I'd say.
1: Coffee and cigarettes. Come on. Uh you know nah. what, man?
0: It's got
1: <laughs> it's got its fan base. Well, I'm one of them. So you were starting <laughs> to say something before I asked you about Spotify. Sorry. Ooh,
0: um, Yeah, I think it was going to be...
1: 48.4 thousand listeners.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think so what was I was going to get to was kind of what I was uh, getting to with, like, the nostalgic part of it. I listened to this song again the 106th time, so a few days ago. Uh, and it put my mind in a place where I was in my room looking outside. And this was, you know, for, for where, you know, see me... Uh, we didn't have rain a ton, but this song makes me think of me sitting in that room, even though this album came out after I left.
1: I was gonna say Yeah, I was not at
0: home then, but it puts my mind when the, like in the rainy day. So I think this song Evidence just makes me think. Like if I was to go through Hardest Hard to Find, My Best Theory, and then Evidence, it's a it's a popular track on this album for me. And it I think it's just because it evokes that image of yeah. just rain, which makes me think cozy. That kind of a thing. That's what I was going to get at.
1: Nice. I love a rainy track. Me too. Um, It's a D major key, 10B Camelot, 123 BPM for a 441 duration. That's all I have for uh, the structure of the song. Uh, You had mentioned that it's a uh, right channel heavy intro. Yeah. Um, There's lots of noise on this track. I love noise. There's lots of clean guitars. I love that from verse one to verse two, they add a little clean arpeggiated guitar in there. Uh, that's really fun to listen to. I have this queued up in Premiere. Uh so I'm hoping that we oh, can listen yeah. to some parts while you go through the lyrics here. Okay. Um I have the liner notes here. Um I also noticed that there is a uh line got notated on Genius. I don't know if you're going to hit that, but uh, I have uh yes. It up as
0: well. I will. You might because it's it's film related. You might go a little bit further in, into detail. I'm unfamiliar with the film and the actor and
1: actress that are mentioned. I have the clip. Okay, um, great. And I, I'm not familiar with the film itself. Okay. I'm so excited. The the It's really funny that the film had come up. There's something coming down the pike with somebody I know. That has something to do a little bit with this type of uh, vibe. Anyway, okay. I'm very excited about that. It's just so serendipitous that these things came up. So. I love it. I'm, anyway.
0: Okay. Now, oh, uh, you have the liner notes in front of you. I do. This, yeah, I pulled them up. There's there's special thanks to Courtney Marie Andrews. She does one, two, three, four, five different uh, backing vocals. And then Rachel Hayden's on stop, right? This one, mm-hmm. uh, Robin is not with the band. You know, he's got that higher registered voice. It's pre-Robin. Yeah. So there's somebody singing behind that is not
1: credited. Is there any credit no. on this track? You know, here's the thing is, um, no, there's not. But I do have, the, uh, and and the band posted a video when they played Free Fest, a Verizon Wireless Free Fest or something. Um, and I believe... It was Courtney Marie Mar- Andrews behind him. She was behind, Courtney Marie- she Andrews, was behind yeah, him. CMA is with him. Yeah. So when we watch that video, we'll keep an eye on that okay. for that.
0: It sounded like her, but she had no credit. She has. It says guest vocals on tracks one, five, six, nine, and eleven. And this is track three, so I don't get it. All right, let me walk through these lyrics. Uh, I did. I went through once, and then I changed my mind after I got to the end. When I got to the post chorus, which we could also think of as a. uh, I guess there's there's two of them. So there's a bridge is likely one. So this is yeah post chorus. So it changed my tune, and I've and I modified what I had written earlier. So let's see. We'll start here up at the top. this is evidence follow you around until it's time time to leave swimming into the idea of your scene uh i think i think the boy is is smitten or was smitten with this other person Uh, and he's swimming into the idea like i have visions of Somebody slowly making their way into this other person's life, like he, he he wants to incorporate himself, so he's just slowly nudging himself along to become part of this person's life, um, and then swimming into the idea of your scene. They're examining what they're about, their interests, their desires, and then almost drowning in all of it. Like I'm so I'm so overwhelmed with this person, and uh, I you know I just love everything about them. Then it changes a little bit here. There all the while. Proving patiently, I earned to lie by you when you fall asleep. And I think he's been there this whole time, waiting patiently, persistently. And that camaraderie, his ability to just kind of hang around her and be part of him, be part of her uh life, is is has earned him this coveted spot next to her where they both fall asleep. Um, although you could you could look at lie as having two different meanings with what we'll mm. get to in the next uh, in the next few lines here i think when it gets a little more serious so <clears throat> hang up a sheet between our things this is those two lines that i think had the annotation there in Genius. Mm-hmm. and i think at first i thought perhaps he's nervous or just overly cautious willing to hang a sheet like in that frank capra film uh trying not mm-hmm. to seem like they wanted anything more like let's let's just be innocent uh but I believe what actually happened is there something happened between them, and they're trying to separate themselves from one another, and they're going to put up a sheet in between their things. So right. that does bring up the line. Uh, let me see. I'll give you the exact annotation, and then do you want to kind of go into detail about it?
1: Yeah, I, I I pulled the clip. It's only a few okay. minutes long, cool. two forty three, and we can watch that together as well. Okay, I'm just seeing the link. Great. Yeah, and I'm in that now.
0: So it says the genius annotation, uh, Who is who annotated this? Uh, it just says one contributor. I can't see who it is. Corey Davis. Thank you. Uh, in the classic Frank Capra film, It Happened One Night, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert hung sheets between themselves to enforce the fact that they were not a couple, but were only sharing a space
1: for the night. So here is a bit of that scene from It Happened One Night.
2: That, I suppose, makes everything quite all right.
3: Well, this? Well, I like privacy when I retire. Yes, I'm very delicate in that respect. Prying eyes annoy me. Behold the walls of Jericho. Uh, maybe not as thick as the ones that Joshua blew down with his trumpet, but a lot safer. You see, uh, I have no trumpet. Now, just to show you my heart's in the right place, I'll give you my best pair of pajamas. Uh, Do you mind joining the Israelites? You don't want to join the Israelites? All right. Uh, Perhaps you're interested in how a man undresses. (laughs) You know, there's a funny thing about that. Quite a study in psychology. No two men do it alike. You know, I once knew a man who kept his hat on until he was completely undressed. Yes. Now, he made a picture. Years later, his secret came out. He wore a toupee. Yeah. You know, I have a method all my own. Uh, if you'll notice, the coat came first, then the tie, then the shirt. Now, uh, according to Hoyle, after that, the uh, pants should be next. There's where I'm different. I go for the shoes next. First the right, and the left. After that, it's uh, every man for himself.
1: She's rushed to the other side.
0: Of the, uh, There's that rainy night. Yeah, baby.
1: We should put the song on the you, Brett? Yeah, I think you're right. Ah, don't be a sucker.
0: Oh, Clark.
3: Good night's rest will do you a lot of good. Besides, you got nothing to worry about. The walls
1: of Jericho will protect you from the big bad wolf. Mm. There it is, so soft that lens. It is. Did you notice
0: that bad edit? Oh yeah, totally. She ran away, cut back, and then <laughs> she, she ran, ran away again.
1: Twice. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, if they're looking at that, we have other problems. Well, yeah, we're looking at that, baby. All right, so there it is. Hang up a sheet between yes. our things. You won't have to see evidence. Cool. Yeah. Um. So what's interesting in the liner notes is they put the two verses t- at the top of the lyrics uh, together and then put a paying up a sheet between our things.
0: Yeah. I thought he was actually just going to like lean over, extend his hand to her and say, uh, my lady, would you like to evidence?
1: <laughs>
0: this is Jimmy Pod.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> i too excited about your pun. <laughs>
0: Sick, dude. Well done, sir. Thanks, man. <laughs> I figured that was as good a time as any. Uh, all right. Okay. So yeah, hang up a sheet between our things. Won't have to see evidence. There may have been some kind of spark between them, but now no longer. I think they're just kind of saying, all right, some you know, something happened. And now we I think we're gonna get to this. A little further into this story, tangled web. Uh so verse two. I watched you put on a dress I'd never seen. Something that begged for East Atlantic breeze. Those two lines, beautiful, Jim. Beautiful lines. Yeah. And I think this particular dress struck a chord. Now, I in my mind's eye, I picture a dress like just below the knee. Um, the breeze is chilly, but I still imagine something kind of a little sexy because I, I can't picture a full-on dress like something, uh, you know, a woman would wear to, to church with long sleeves and, you know, puffy shoulder and stuff. So I can't imagine something like that is in this picture. So that's where I see or that's what I see in my in my brain. Um, I think the breeze may be more about the movement than the chill. So I think it's just the movement of the dress on this girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, so but it sounds like a very captivating dress.
1: The Atlantic is a warmer ocean than the Pacific. So I wonder how chilly it is.
0: Yeah, and maybe it's not chilly. Um, I just thought of, when I think of East Atlantic, I think more of, I guess, New England, that area, which is, to yeah. me, seems just sure. chilly. So that's where my mind was with uh, with that. So yeah, I, I still mm-hmm. think that it's like a, a dress just below the knee, though. There, all the while, hated quietly. There, just to see a smile, anything. Eh, something definitely happened between them. Maybe she cheated on him. Maybe he's still in love with her, though, as much as he can't stand her. Hated. Hates her, right? Yeah. So now now we get to the we get to the uh the meat of this. And then the chorus goes again. So the chorus rings out. And now we get into this post chorus which has a lot of this, this layered vocals in here. I like the build that he has. You did what you did. The memory lives. Nothing cleans evidence. I think she's done something she isn't proud of infidelity maybe uh it's one of those things that will remain there forever nothing cleans it's a stain on her and then it, you know i think that's the why they're separating themselves is is that uh yeah that choice that she had made
1: um so let's listen to this second th- those are all the lyrics at least in the yeah. liner notes am i missing any um, no from genius no okay great let's listen to the second chorus and see if we hear this other voice here i believe it's in the chorus right yeah hang up the sheet Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: I feel like it's Jim in a falsetto. It, yeah, I think you're
0: right. Although, yeah, I swear I hear Jim in my right ear singing up in that falsetto, but there is something mm. lower in like a female register down in the left mm. that's what i'm hearing and again it could just be some tricky mixing but you're right let's it sounded more like uh, after
1: the bridge a little bit let's hear it.
0: this sounds like food fighters oh time. yeah totally food fighters
1: It's interesting. I hear like a throwaway. You did what you did. Like way, way, way down in the mix. Like somebody throwing, like it's almost like Jim's throwing the lines away. Kind of
0: cool. It is very cool. And that's one of those things like when Christian James Hand does it and you hear it for that first time when he goes, listen to this again. And then you listen back and then he'll isolate it. And it's clearly something like that. Like Jim, just like, let's say he was just vibing out and just going, did what you did. And then yeah. you know, I said, "Yeah, we're gonna keep that in there. We're just gonna drop it way yeah. low in the mix."
1: Love that, uh, <laughs> that feedback-y guitar in there. So yeah, that is uh, those are the parts of evidence uh, and the lyrics. Yeah. There she be. Yeah.
0: I've been fooled before by his his voice at, at falsetto when it's mixed in with himself. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I, it's 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 hard to say especially I, I tried lowering it I was like, "Oh, maybe lowering it will hear a little bit more of the nuance there," but I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, look
0: at how look at how detailed they are with uh, CMA's contributions and then rachel hayden's there's no way they yeah missed. Yeah, yeah it seems weird that they would leave yeah, them off but exactly. i do
1: feel like we've come across one track before where it was very clear that there was a female vocalist and yeah the and they just didn't <laughs> mention it i
0: don't know it yeah. just didn't get passed out i feel like that was rachel liner. hayden one time and she was on the mm-hmm. album but that was just one track where they she wasn't credited in the liner notes and eh, who knows i buy it if, if somebody
1: remembers 44 JPUD.
0: Remember when oh my gosh, now I can't think of his name. Uh one of our earliest remember we you interviewed him with the bad chord.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Davy von Bolen. Yeah,
0: I'm um, yeah, yeah, DVB. Davy von Bolin. And he and how he said that he just got paid for what like 19 seconds of of what he yeah. had contributed there. It's like, okay, that's what we're gonna pay you for. Not the fact that you're on this, you don't get any percentage, you get 19 seconds worth of credit. Right.
1: His uh, what was it? The uh the middle eight.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm just wondering if maybe there was so little. And it still doesn't make sense. It's just, it's got to be Jim.
1: It's got to be. Not a lot of track notes on this one. Um, I don't know what you found, but I mean, I found the ASCAP ASCAP page. Um, I did want to mention that I keep joking about the, oh, uh, Ricky Birch, Ricky Birch. I have a feeling that every song I've seen in probably the last year has been consistently attributed to Rick richard e birch so now it makes me think that like maybe we saw the middle of a transition of an update of the database yeah where some of it it was like richard e birch and some was rick birch and then it's now all updated so i i don't feel like i've seen rick birch in a while you know was it yeah, ever it's rick, been too long
0: was it ever rick e birch
1: yeah i'd have to go through the thing but i feel like richard e birch is all i ever see now so i have a feeling that uh I, I, I could probably stop mentioning it until it's not Richard E. Birch again. Yeah, right. And we'll just <laughs> keep I don't that know if I'll, I don't know if ever happened. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling we just saw a database update mid pod and it just took a few <laughs> weeks to populate.
0: Push the update. You know, I couldn't. I uh, you mentioned the Foo Fighters part. So I, I looking at the composition notes in the wiki and um They say, okay, I'll just read the part of this paragraph that ends with the whole evidence mentioned here. Adkins states that each song is its own closed narrative, remarking that the album's title invented referred to a track that he felt sums up the mood here, but could also be taken more literally as this album, is the deepest into character writing we have tried so far. The opening track, Heart is Hard to Find, consists of hand claps... Acoustic guitar and orchestral flourishes. My best theory uses dissonant rhythms. It was reminiscent of Gone Away by The Offspring and Smashing Pumpkins. Adkins says it talks about finding your individuality in the world where extremes are more and more presented uh, as your only option. The Foo Fighters-esque evidence comes across as a mid-tempo iteration of Big Casino from Chase This Light. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is uh, funny. Both of those things were the cue for my rave DJs this week. (laughs) But when we listen to oh I see yeah yeah and when we listen to it again can you pick out a song I don't know how, how many Foo Fighters tracks you know which song that sounds like
1: of theirs cuz the one I Oh did I miss it? Okay. I want to say
0: um I'm, uh... yeah, I'm going to say it's, it's the sound off of there is nothing left to lose. Mhm.
1: Um
0: well let's listen real quick to st- st- Now, I want to say Generator. You could listen to any one of these songs, and you're going to get that sound. Let me just play Stacked Actors. This is a hard hitter. Yeah. It's not the same track I think you and I are thinking of, but my money's on... The 1999 sound that they had after
1: uh, co- The Color and the Shape. I, uh, let me album. look at their record. I, I don't remember the names of all their records. It's th- uh, a lighter color a cover. I feel like it was a double album. Oh, is it the one with the buffalo on it? Don't I don't know, man. Um, let me look at Foo Fighters albums. What was it? It was 2005, I want to say. Oh, you know what? We were just talking about Orange County. Is it the one that was in Orange County?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Maybe yeah. uh but this was this was after that. Uh okay, what is this? Deezer? The one. Is that's Deezer it. The one. Oh, is it All My oh, Life? In Your Honor. Let's see. Uh is it In Your It, it might be something on In Your Honor. I want to go to this album and see. It's on the
0: tip of my tongue. Not one by one, huh? In Your Honor. I would like to see what
1: this album has. Maybe it's No
0: Way Just
4: Back. Because
1: that's the only Foo Fighters record I ever owned. Yeah. Let me, uh, I'm going to go ahead and play through some of the tracks and see if anything, I do remember loving this opening track. Oh, so good. Let's see what this goes into. But it would have to be, like, the bridge of this. Let's see. Will you... Eh. Will you play it again? Which In-
0: Invented. The best of you? Yeah. I've got another confession to make. Well, no, I'm sorry. Can you play Invented, the, the part, the bridge part that we're... Oh, yeah. I want to hear it again. I, I mean, it kind of sounds like hero, you know here you know here pause or not pause that here I think maybe it's hate No, it you know it's gotta be the color and the shape. I'm getting <laughs> it's gotta be something off of that album because here's hey Johnny Park uh, anyway i it, it does Monkey sound Ridge, I mean.
1: It's it's gonna be a song I know, like it's not yeah. gonna be some album cut. You're right. Like we have to go to like Foo Fighters essentials. Let's see what's on Foo Fighters essentials. Uh, not times like these. That's too much of a. I love Pretender. Is it Pretender?
0: It's not Everlong, is it? No. There's no part in Everlong toward the end, though. Are you sure it's not All My Life?
1: Oh. Uh... No. There's no like. Oh, maybe. Yeah. It's not Big Me, right? No. It's too chill. Oh, is it This Is A Call? Too far, huh? No, yeah. Or what about Long Road to Ruin?
5: For every piece to fall in place, forever gone without a trace, your
6: horizon takes its shape.
1: Nah, too chill. <laughs> Generator, huh? I don't know. Maybe let's see. I'm just jumping somewhere. I never heard this song in my life. All right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it. You know what? We
0: we got close enough. I think we have to agree. There's probably like a couple of different songs mixed in. There might be that perfect one. I feel like I should know it. I listened to them enough. Um, But if you know, if you know, four eight four Jade Pod, you can always chime in and let us know.
1: Foo Fighters get right in under the wire of like. I do think there are people that listen to Foo Fighters on purpose. I, no one listens to Red Hot Chili Peppers on purpose. Yeah. Somebody tried to tell me, was it you that was like, "Oh, the liner notes of this record"? And be like, yes, "I that would was never me. fucking know because I've never touched a Foo Fighters record." Am I? <laughs> no one listens to the Foo Fighters or fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> Enough people listen to Foo Fighters that I'll allow it. The <laughs> the
0: album. <laughs> California was uh, I, that's the one that I had uh, I would probably would wore that CD out if you could wear CDs out. Uh the other albums I didn't really listen to that much.
1: I yeah. just you know I guess they had and their I'm tracks. i really just but. starting to like sort of appreciate. I I heard somebody go through uh the Sublime record uh and like sort of appreciate like their influence and some of the cooler things that they did that I don't think most Sublime fans probably know, which made it more interesting to me, which is like that record is more of a cover record than anybody knows because most of it is just from Bradley's like seven inch and in record collection he grew up on where they're just transposing a bunch of music like reggae and Scott artists that his dad had records of like, they're not original compositions. <laughs> so it's kind of a trip. Like there's a straight up no effects record or no effects song on that sublime record that everybody knows. Did you know this? No. Let me, well, maybe uh, I'm going to pull up the, the no effect song. Cause I'm listening to it. I'm like, and Susie knows all the words. Like she grew up liking sublime. And I was like, uh, Sublime's kind of like red hot chili peppers. I was like, no one listens to sublime on purpose. <laughs> um, and I recently had heard, I want to say it was Danny from Sadie Hawkins Pod, who knows more about ska than anybody I know. Um, that was like, they're great, but not for any reason that anybody knows. Um, and he went into, if it wasn't him, it was somebody, but, um, uh, let me find the song okay i'm gonna play yeah I, th- I figured it was this song let's see i'm just gonna really quickly it was yeah i was gonna say they put this song but it's this one okay i'm gonna play you an effect song all right and tell me this is from Punkin and Drupalik. um but tell me that you don't know this sublime song You won't know it by this part. Right. And this song is older than the Sublime song. And what's a bummer is Fat Mike, who is mostly like the worst person all the time (laughs) and just like insufferable, specifically said that he... Talk to Bradley to tell him, like, oh, it's so funny that you did this song and it's so bad. Um, <laughs> and Bradley was really rude. He was like, everybody else in Sublime was really cool, but Bradley was really rude and not cool. Um, so, which Sublime song is that? That's the Sublime song, right? I can just hear the going, bang, 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 bang. Yeah, which see. one is it? How does it sound? <laughs> and that's probably like uh, 90% Lori of their tracks. Myers Sublime. <laughs> it's Seed. Ah. And I guess it was uh, what I found was, what I found online when I was listening to it. Oh, it's faster than I thought. Was that they? There it is. But like, it was supposed to be a straight cover, and he couldn't figure out how to play the rest of it, so he just made it <laughs> his own. But the Sublime record is mostly stuff like that. Where he's just transposing like "Summertime" is a song, is a yeah. is a musical. song. Right. That, that's a song. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I, but, I uh, and I, I always grew up being like, oh, it's weird that Sublime covered that one like <laughs> that one song. Right. <laughs> but I guess the whole record is full of that stuff. Anyway, this has been Sublime Corner of, a, <laughs> and I'm not equipped to really speak to, but. What's interesting is, like, I was looking at pictures of Bradley when he was younger and when he had long hair, and he looked like a completely different person than I ever knew him to look. Like, he looked more like um, uh, Taylor Hawkins. Than, oh, yeah. <laughs> than I ever had thought. I was like, oh, my God. Like, if you put a picture of Taylor Hawkins and a picture of young Bradley next to each other, I'd be like, oh, that's the same guy. <laughs> well, now I got to look. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. He does look uh, like just like Taylor. Right? There's a picture of him at uh, with that Corky's shirt. Or yeah. Gorky's? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I'd never seen uh, Bradley look like that. Even this picture of Bradley, and I'll put it in the in the chat, as they say. Oh, um, uh, I just hair? never knew him to look like this. I always thought he was just like more of like a kind of skinheady type dude. Yeah. And everybody was like, "Oh yeah, all the girls loved him all the time. All the girls loved him." And I was like, "Really? Like, I mean, he just looks like a your standard '90s like, <laughs> uh, bleached blonde dude."
0: Yeah. Anyway. Totally, yeah. Okay. I'm, not I d- d- I'm to glad you you showed me the younger uh, Bradley Knoll.
1: A ton about that, but anyway,
0: <laughs> cover record, Sublime. There it is. All right, let's see. Okay, you said you had track notes, and not not a lot, but I kind of jumped ahead, I guess, by talking about that whole composition part of it. I don't know.
1: That that was part of that my, was uh, okay. That was part of my uh, all right, good track notes because there's not much, right? Yeah. Uh, I do have Jimmy Pod Theater if you want uh, yeah. <laughs> like to. Yeah. Let's do it, dude. I am me, always down for uh, Jimmy Pod Theater. Uh, do you have
0: any background audio in your? Uh...
1: Oh, uh, in my quiver. I yeah. should add it to the soundboard, shouldn't I? <laughs> in your quiver. <laughs> yeah. Bang. All right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let me just pull up some masterpiece theater music here. Yes. Um. Standby. Oh wait, this is a song by Mariana's Trench called "Masterpiece Theater." I don't. Know. I'm not really sure what we're gonna get here. So let's go ahead and read along to this Uh, Uh, UBSW Alright, here we go This album is very Einstein Do you have evidence? Are you sure it's not Edison? Oh boy My best theory (laughs) Uh, Stop Cut It out Everywhere you look Little things
0: I guess that my heart is hard to find Yep. (laughs) This album is so underrated, but then again, so are all of Jimmy World's albums.
1: I got her number. How do you like them apples? (laughs)
0: Looks at him confused. (laughs) This sounds very uh, Queen. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I do love me a good Mariana's Trench, though. Never heard him.
1: I almost thought he was going, I've been here before a few times. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. uh, But I'm quite... Where we're dying
0: i think they call their fans trenchies cool i follow them on Bandcamp. i don't know why i mean i guess because i liked one of their songs um you're trenchy uh, yeah what's the Ma- <laughs>
1: what's the mariana's trench song i gotta hear
0: rhythm of your heart man give that track a listen Rhythm it's of good.
1: your heart let's take a listen to mariana's trench rhythm of your heart lyric video here we go well, i dig the aesthetic of the lyric video i didn't put it in a watch together sorry
0: I dig this. Yeah. he Got a high voice, man.
6: This
1: is not what I anticipated from uh Mario <laughs> <Trent. laughs> Wait, this is great. We telling it's a little bit high a little you bit. introducing me to Mariana's trench. Oh, should I play a little Just more? go a little
0: bit. So meet me in the dark.
5: Kiss me in the shadows of every I
1: know shouldn't start. This is what we do when there's not a lot about a song. <laughs> um, now I'm going to do uh, Are you familiar with the main at all? Yeah, I've listened to them because of okay, you. Okay, I'm very excited to see the main. Um, yeah, uh, in Arizona. The first, yeah, the first song I was introduced to them with was uh, when they were doing, um, uh, They uh, Brandon Bonfiglio had put up, this was when you would download a playlist and because there was no streaming services, <laughs> but he had put up a zip file on his website of Christmas songs and it included the Ho Ho Hopefully by the main and who did Ho Ho Hopefully? And uh, let's see. Let's see. Ho Ho hopefully is the main and Brighton. Um, if oh. you're familiar, do you know this one? This is what was on Brandon's thing. And I fell in love with this song, but it sounds nothing like the main that I know now. This is sorry. Christmas music in July. Sorry. Everybody. <laughs>
5: Christmas to hear
1: okay. this live
5: she's she's not around, when she's not around I'm going crazy. we like to talk about the plans we we should have jumped at the chorus we're sorry,
1: saying, everybody. We're together <laughs> I
5: hope <for> better although <sighs> I love this it this year but you my dear <sighs>
1: My favorite Christmas songs. Um So then, dude, "Lovely Little Lonely" comes out, and I'm like, the main. Okay, I guess I'll check it out, dude. This record. Do you did you listen to "Lovely Little Lonely" at all? I mean, look at the
0: album cover. Uh it "Lovely Little a Lonely." Black and I white to photo one. of
1: hands look like they're entering a pool, Uh coming from the top of the frame there.
0: 2017. Yeah, I believe this was the the album I listened to. Yeah, I listened to it once. This through. song right here,
1: I uh, I sold me and Susie. I had a brewery with Susie. I don't remember why? But I put this on specifically, and it was like one of those moments where, like, we're just sitting in the car listening to this song specifically, and then this part is Oh, dude!
5: lose my voice when I look at you. Can't make a noise. on trying to tell you all the right words.
1: Very excited to see this live. Yeah.
5: Just the afternoon, vu, Hoping for the rap right words. Waiting for the right words.
1: Yeah. So good. The best. Yeah, I like that. Uh, so
0: anyway. But yeah, that was the album that uh I think I want to say like a year ago, you turned me on to it. And I listened to it all the way through. I liked it. I mean, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't anything where I was like, ah, I don't want to listen to this anymore.
1: <laughs> fuck this band. Nah, it's good rock music. Yeah, dude. All right, so uh, let's get back on track. Evidence. There's not much. Uh, Zach Lind. I have a tweet from Zach Lind, uh, and a bi- and a tweet from the band, which is basically along the same lines. August fourth, twenty twelve. Whenever I hear someone say Namaste, I immediately think of Eddie Pepitone. And then he says, "There's a not safer word." Oh, now I need to see what this is. This is a YouTube link. Let's take a look at this together. This is leading up to evidence. I promise. Put this in. Watch together. I don't know what Epitone, uh, Eddie Epitone is, but he says that this is a not safe for work clip. Well, it says no items found. Let's see if his <laughs> link is dead. Oh, I think I know why. Here we go. Copy link address. I think uh, Twitter shortened the link, so when I was pasting it, it didn't give me a full link here. Come on. It might not work. It doesn't know. Let's click it and see what happens. All right. All right. It loaded up something.
3: But I, I really think this is a, a nice way to go out. Uh, cause oh, I see. This
1: is Eddie Pepitone goes <laughs> yeah, off on good, what the, the fuck was going on. The,
3: the brilliant Eddie Pepitone.
1: Oh,
0: Eddie Pepitone. I don't know what that is. Pick around there and around the thing.
3: Namaste. What's your breaking? I'm Carolyn. Namaste. Namaste, everybody. These are prayer beads. Hey, what the fuck, Mark? I'm just going to jump into it because I know we have sketch groups back there who've worked for minutes on things. Now, let
5: me
0: know. And and I know that's a comment about...
1: I assume because he comes out and says namaste. That's what... uh, So, Zach whenever I hear someone say namaste, I immediately think of Eddie Pepitone. So then, Miles Wernst's peacemonger uh, says... Revisited some old Jimmy Eat World today at Zach Lind76. What are your favorite five songs to drum? And Zach responds Goodbye, Sky Harbor, cautioners, evidence, your new aesthetic, spelled YR, new <laughs> aesthetic, and disintegration. And, uh, and uh, so, oh, somebody else responds to Zach. I think of Adam Youch when I hear Namaste. Um, so that is uh, that and uh and then there was a tweet from the band uh let's see when that was so that was august 2012 this is may 16th 2011 captain geech and the shrimp shack shooters captain geech oh come on you don't know captain geech and the shrimp shack shooters no okay captain
0: <laughs> geech yeah man Oh my God! This is a we're thing. We're
1: Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters.
0: Oh yes, yes. Okay. Oh, here That here thing gonna, you do.
1: Gotta, All right. Yes, baby. <laughs> we're not the Onetters. We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. <laughs> We're almost as far away from this movie as this movie was from Anita. the time period it's making fun the of. That's wild. Yeah. Keep playing.
0: All right, Anita. I get the message. It's about time you noticed, Rick.
2: Thanks, goofball. Sure thing, Anita, sweetheart. Keep dancing, goofball. Now we got to the ocean. Say
5: the line. We're being invaded. Run out of the shot. Fly back. Fly back. back.
0: You know, we look like a bunch of chimpanzees No, we look like a rock and roll band Playing a
1: rock and roll song during Weekend at Party Pier Yeah, here's the thing We're not the Wonders right now We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooter Hey,
3: good news, fellas You get to keep your wardrobe
7: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do we have a top ten record? You sure do Well, then we shouldn't be here what, would you rather be back on that state fair tour, Jimmy? They're playing North Dakota this week. No, no,
4: Jimmy's no. I worse. vote for weekend at party pier.
7: Smart man. Yeah.
0: Man, you said it just like Steve Zahn. <laughs>
1: Of course, man.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm not here with these fellas. I got a pig down at the livestock
1: pavilion. We're gonna win that blue ribbon. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite movies, absolute best. That's all I have for track notes. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad uh. we got to. Tr- oh wait, 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 Captain <laughs> Geach and the Shrimp Track Shooters. I, I buried the lead here. Um, Jimmy at Jimmy Eat World. What's your favorite song from Invented to play live? Title track was fantastic last night in SLC. Jimmy Eat World responds. Thanks. Invited. Invented is fun to play. So is Evidence. So that's what I've got. They mentioned evidence specifically. Okay, I've got a
0: just a couple of little things I found in some articles. They're very brief. I think it's one of those, uh, they'll just mention a couple of tracks at a time. Um, they did, on the wiki, they mentioned this article, which is very brief, the mention of this track, by Kyle Ryan from AV Club. That was uh, September 28th, 2010, and he just goes on to mention... Um, With Trombino at the helm, uh, it's easy to see invented as a return to Jimmy Eat World's punk-derived roots, especially with the boisterous rock songs like Coffee and Cigarettes and Action Needs an Audience, featuring Jimmy Eat World's original vocalist, guitarist Tom Linton, on lead vocals for the first time in a decade. Other songs boast huge sounding guitars like Evidence, Invented, and My Best Theory, whose thick fuzz recalls Smashing Pumpkins. So Foo Fighters mentioned, Smashing Pumpkins so far, and then... Oh, this was from uh, the Georgia Strait, John Lucas, May eighteenth, twenty eleven. Photographic stories helped shape Jimmy Eat World's invented. That's true. And I'll, I'll read. I'll read the the middle excerpt here. Uh, for this record, it was really the first time we ever went out and fabricated our own stuff from scratch. This is supposed to happen here. This is supposed to happen here. We made it from scratch. It was exciting. Uh, this was, I believe, that was from Jim saying that. Uh, what what it isn't, though, is a story. Adkins reveals that Schließe's... That was somebody else's, uh, Cheles's photos were inspired by the songs, each of which is a self-contained first person narrative told from the point of view of a different person. These include the wistful small town girl trying to find her place in the world in the anthemic coffee and cigarettes and the jilted lover pondering his exit strategy in evidence, uh, from the rolling acoustic guitar stomps and claps and chamber pop strings of hard to hard to find the burly riff. Eh, they like it. Yeah. Then they talk about action needs an audience. Uh, I'm pulling up the liner notes here. Who? What
1: name do they say? Did they attribute the photography? Schleses. There's two, though. Schless. So, yeah, I believe the band... I, I know. Uh, I believe... So, it does say photography, Ken Schless, But I'm pretty sure that that's the band photography. Because I do oh, think okay. I've seen that. Right. Um, yeah, I'm it's... looking here and it says Ken Schless, But we know that there's... I thought it was... Well, yeah, because Hannah women.
0: Hannah Stark yeah, it's Hannah Starkey and um God, the other one is escaping me. But yeah, it is two female. So when when I read Schless, it just didn't it didn't ring any ring any
1: bills. Yeah, so I mean it is Ken Schles on the, Sherman, the liner notes. That's it. Yeah. Sherman. So wait, why aren't we not finding so maybe he meant Sherman's instead of Schles? But I'm looking at the liner notes, it says Ken Schles. Why don't I see Oh, I see, I see, gotcha. Yeah, Cindy Sherman and Hannah Starkey. Why don't I see their names here in the liner notes? Because we know these pictures are attributed to them. Right. Yeah. What what am I missing here? Yeah, this is all attributed to him on the uh, on his website with the photos that we all see here. Really? What the hell is going on here? Where did we come up with Hannah Starkey? Well, that's Cindy Sherman and Hannah Starkey. They're the ones mentioned. Here's what it is. Here's what I'm recalling. The photography that inspired the lyrics is not the photography on the record
0: you're talking about the cover or the stuff inside the
1: liner notes all right and that's all schless's work that everything in the liner notes is schless's work however it seems that starkey and hutch who's the other person <laughs> um, <laughs> hannah starkey sherman and cindy, sherman. Uh, <laughs> and cindy sherman's <laughs> photography is what inspired jim's right. lyrics and that that we never we've never seen. There's no yeah, there's no odd. book
0: that that we have that says these are the the uh, the images. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes. So he's just
1: referring to the the imagery inside. But the, we have postulated in the past that, like, oh, what if the, let's pretend this is the picture that inspired the lyrics? But it's not. Can't be. So it's just saying
0: that Schles just like Jim
1: writing the song. How did we so get Schless, to Schles? How how did they not just go with Hannah? And well, no, so he says TV's what it isn't. is isn't." this
0: story. Adkins reveals that Schles's photos were inspired by the song. So oh. Jim get it? Jim wrote the songs based on what he saw, and then Schles saw those too, or, I'm sorry, were inspired by the songs then that Jim Schless Schless wrote.
1: took photos right. inspired by the lyrics.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so it's like a chain. There you go. So that's what that's saying there. I'm glad we figured that out. It was very, probably somebody ripping their hair out going, why aren't they getting this? <laughs> so
7: Definitely
0: it's just, Shandy it's just burn. based, it's like a game of telephone there. Got it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So there we go. Uh, And then what other one? Oh, I have the Badger Herald. I didn't read the Badger Herald, did I? I don't think so. Uh, Let's see. This was from Samantha Stepp, September 29th, 2010. Jimmy Roll's latest invention, not innovative enough. Mm. There's a fine line (laughs) between slow music that is moving and slow music that is boring. And one of Jews' habitual downfalls is straying into the second category. The songs Evidence and Invented also pay homage to this epidemic um i don't I don't see how is it invented invented is one of those songs that it's like a slow burn but damn yeah. does it come Evident. out swinging at the end, end. <laughs> yeah evidence
1: <Bo-do-ba-bo-bum-bum-bum. laughs> and <then laughs> evidence in, is more of a rocker than I remember yeah yeah
0: so I mean didn't really say nice things but used some nice words like uh my best theory incorporates a catchy Rick riff, riff galloping guitars and Zach Lynn's balls to the wall drumming that's not an
1: image I want in my head. I sent the Captain Geach <laughs> clip to my friend Wendell, who, like, I know loves this movie. He was like, dude, I just watched that today. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I said they got to keep the wardrobe. Here, I got
0: one more thing from, oh, this is John Pirelles, uh, October 15th, 2010, a music review in the New York Times. Apart from the lyrics and Miss Andrew's voice. The new songs don't radically change Jimmy at World's music. Songs from invented-like evidence, movie-like, and coffee and cigarettes envision breakups, a familiar topic for the band. The tunes stay within stylistic boundaries, neatly placing their hooks and melodies and sometimes, as in evidence, methodically working up its guitars to scrabble and blare, but their most distinctive sound is Mr. Adkins' voice, a tenor that bleats occasionally but doesn't slip into the worst emo whining.
1: Bleats.
0: Bleats, (laughs) yeah. If it bleats, it leads.
1: Yeah, so that's
0: all the article
1: uh, information I could grab. Nice. I did pull chart info. Uh, Now, I copied and pasted it, so I don't know how well this is going to translate here. Australian Albums Chart, Invented, made it to number 20. Canada Top 100 uh, made it to 22. Canada Alternative Albums made it to number 5. UK Albums Chart made it to 29. US Billboard 200, 11. US top alternative albums number two and us top rock albums number three uh, that is some chart information for the album invented uh shall we jump over to community yeah let's do that oh man already i have mentioned. some shout boxing sweet uh, i mean not not anything hard hitting uh let's go to the oldest shout box the guitars in this song melted my face off during the atlanta <laughs> show this was the hardest guitar sound i've ever heard jimmy eat world produce says jay Stewart to be september 28th 2010 uh, <laughs> followed exactly uh, right away by Graham 1986. This one sounds like pretty ordinary album filler, in my opinion, of course, September 30th, 2010. Um, somebody else mentioned the track Melt, uh, the Face Melting Guitars. Uh, somebody disagreed with Graham 1986. This one had two This Shout Is Unavailables, which I'd never seen before, but people just deleted their take or something. Yeah,
0: or um, I am gonna mean, if they got flagged or something
1: yeah i wonder hmm. or maybe it was spam or something best song on the album good song so so good yes sounds like something foo fighters there's nothing left to lose says Nikki coyote is that a foo fighter song we should be exploring here uh, yeah there's, there's nothing left to that, that, lose that,
0: well that's the album that i was saying originally it was off of that oh, was 1999
1: oh so it does say it sounds like something off foo fighters there's nothing left to lose okay so we good i don't know which which track but they agreed with that part of it happened geech yeah. <laughs> and then Wendell wrote, Oh, I'm not here with these guys. I got a big competition and we're going to win that blue ribbon.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we can all agree that it is definitely uh, that Foo Fighters sound. Although, man, my gut went with uh, there is nothing left to lose.
1: Anyway, hopefully yeah. we can figure just that out. I don't know their catalog well enough. Right. I really like the hits. I was never like <laughs> mad when they came on. I love Taylor's drumming. All right. Um, okay. Let's see. What is. What number should I give you for this? Um, ah, let's do this this way. The first number is half of the second number.
0: The first number is half of the second number. All right. Uh, so it's, obviously, I, under I, I say, huh? it's 20, obviously under 50. I would say, huh? It's obviously
1: under 50. I would say 24? 24. It's 36. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dang it. JT O'Donnell, number 36, evidence invented 2010. There's are a lot of bitter breakup songs Jimmy Eat World has done over the past quarter century, and this might be the most bitter. Hang up the sheets between our things. You won't have to see evidence yikes hammering the point home are the power chords after the choruses and these come together beautifully late in the song when Jim sings the chorus over those same bashing power chords augmenting Jim's vocals on evidence and throughout most of invented is courtney marie andrews who was 19 at the time it was recorded but in the intervening years has become an accomplished country artist in her own right her voice is her voice perfectly accents jim's uh, all over Evidence, adding the right touch to that song's inherent drama. Also, here are the guys playing Evidence with Andrews at K-Rock NLA around the same time Invented was released. Hilariously, they brought more equipment than could fit in the small room where they usually have bands play. And as a result, it looks like they stuck Tom in a hallway. Poor Tom. <laughs> and uh, I remember when they uh, premiered it on Kevin and Bean and <laughs> they had to play in the uh, in the hallway. So... Jake is saying that CMA is on this, so I don't know. Shall we? Why don't we listen to the K Rock version?
0: Let's do that. That's the one. Yeah, okay, that's the one where they're I don't think in she
1: that. She was there for it, but um, let's see if she was there for for the K Rock. I'll put this and watch it together. Pretty sure this is on Kevin and Bean in
5: the
0: closet. <laughs>
5: I follow you around till it's time, time to leave Swimming into the idea of your scene There all the while proving patiently
1: I mean, she's definitely there either. Right there It's
5: on the line I burn to by yep, you when yeah. you fall asleep she between our things you
1: will not ta- yeah there's not
0: sounds so good, even playing out of a little yeah, man. <laughs> micro Micros And studio. that was probably,
1: uh, what, uh, when did Ke- Kevin Avine like, premiere?s That was probably 8 in the morning. Yeah, geez. I usually they'd be like, oh, Jimmy rolled beer at 7 and, seven a.m. And then they probably <laughs> premiered a track on the radio. Then they did yeah. an interview. Then they went and played. So, after uh, Showbiz beat. <laughs> so, um, all right, sweet. So that is uh, JT O'Donnell's number 36 and a little of the K-Rock version that we did there. Oh, and then TwitFM. I found some reactions from that Uh in terms of community uh the band tweeted this out as uh, a twit fm thing uh when is this november 22nd 2010 they tweeted out a few times this is the only one that got found um great stuff guys great song great album love it one of the best songs ever says milkshake 103 one of my favorites from invented says stapler 21 and <laughs> alex gas says at jimmy world evidence So that is all I have for (laughs) community. What do you have? Uh, uh, I got a couple. So we just did around Reddit way. We just did
0: this uh, this track. This was from Exile on Dayton Street. A random poll a couple months ago. Anderson Mesa versus Evidence. We did it then. I think it was just what? Two episodes ago. And yeah, Anderson Mesa just beat uh, Evidence by about 12 Thirteen points, so not mm-hmm. much. Eighty-nine votes, votes in that one, but it does have a couple of like these. I like these little uh, stats that they have in here. Evidence is the third track off of Invented, also the, the third most song played song from Invented in their live shows, which I believe you got to earlier when you're doing the stats, and then a song about seeing reminders of your past around you, but it's Jimmy World, so it's pretty explicitly a breakup song. <laughs> yeah. uh, agreed, and then I've got. Ooh, Table for Glasses 24 a year ago is invented Jimmy World's most overlooked album. What did they say about evidence in this?
1: Oh, I came across that article. It's in my uh, research, but I never, I don't think they mention it, do they?
0: It wasn't in the post, but Mm. it is mentioned a couple of times. Let me go back five times in the thread. So the first thing was, let's see, St. Edward said, Invented is an awesome album. I always see it as their different album. It's got a slightly rougher sound, not as shiny. It's the first time I'd hear I heard them swear. And coffee and cigarettes isn't just one of my favorite juice, song, juice songs. It's one of my favorite songs of anything ever. Look at that. Mm, a buddy of yours. You guys can have a beer. Um <laughs> they gave it oh yeah. On the on the third, uh their third entry here for evidence is good track. The ending riff shares a little something with Pass the Baby. I get that. I think it's the up and down, the little jing jung jong jung. Yeah. Got that in there. Uh, what else did they say? Uh, Linus the Blanket. I've always placed, invented with my top three favorite albums. It's just so solid. Hard is hard to find. My best theory, evidence, higher devotion. Movie like the list goes on. Uh, and the last one here, Colin Fox 921 says, uh, as for the album itself, I find it quite enjoyable. Songs like movie like little thing immediately hooked me, while songs like Stop and the title track took me a while to appreciate. Even simpler songs like Evidence really pack a punch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I did like this comment here. This is a very brief comment in a thread for a different um, from Mini Droid six months ago. Which Jimmy World songs have grown on you? I didn't like Blister on my first listen of Clarity, but it has definitely grown on me after multiple listens. You know, I think I agree. I think it was just because it was a Tom song, I just kind of wrote it off for so many years. Yeah, or I liked it, but I just didn't. I didn't pay attention to it. And then the comment about evidence down below is Bubble Snout says uh, I was never a fan of evidence until I heard it live smacked me right in the face. It did. The J theory replies with it's insane, isn't it? I do love that certain songs played live can have such a different effect on you and makes you just love it that much more or more.
1: I think that's when I fell in love with blister, but I don't know if I'd really heard blister before that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another another live comment here. This is on the Facebook group. Angela uh, Benino Hardison says, uh, what's your favorite Jimmy World concert moments besides meeting the band? If you have I have several. Here are a few Uh, getting to hear disintegration with double drums and the guitar solo for closer on the Futures tour. uh, And then I'll read the other ones first. Uh, Every single time Jim sings this lyric from Dizzy, his intensity is so real during this line that stabs my heart. Jesus, is there someone yet who got their wish? Did you get yours, babe? And that uh the mention of evidence here hearing 23 and evidence live for the first time. And you and I both saw them tour for the invented, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. I, I think saw I them have, at the Fox. Yeah. The Fox. Well Fox. In them. Pomona.
1: Yeah. Not Pasadena.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's no, you got it backwards. It's the glass house that's in.
1: <laughs> no, okay. So that's what I got for uh community. Sweet. Uh let's see. I found this. Uh, YouTube user Enoma posted a reaction video to the song just a year ago. Let's take a look. I feel like we maybe have come across these kids before. Impromptu, unscripted, single take, genuine, <laughs> pure. <laughs> the hell? Welcome, Cafe Enoma, and welcome to our
2: reaction to Jimmy Eat World. And we are going to listen to the song "Evidence." Let's get started with this one. This should be our first time single take on his reaction. And
7: this is a Patreon request. Yeah, you can check out our Patreon page to learn more oh, about, what? Sick. A Patreon. Uh, about how to request a reaction from the tires given. The Let's link is in the description, description in the description box. I can't even tell everybody
1: version. what it is right now. All right, headphones on. Here we Open, go.
7: Open, pure, raw, spontaneous, impromptu, and honest. That's the way we love to do it. First time single take, honest reaction for this song. I don't think we've ever heard this song before. Evidence. Let's get started.
1: Their videos nine minutes long. Do you think they're gonna sing while the song is happening, or do you think they'll talk about it after? Yeah. Let's get forward then.
0: So that's yeah. Go a few minutes in, then they'll take the headphones off and then they'll conversate. I imagine. Man, vibing right now. Yeah.
1: All right. They're like, I don't know if there was something wrong with our version of the song, but it was like a lot of noise in it. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm interested in what these kids have to say. Are oh, they're really letting it play all the way out? Yeah. All right, there we go. Oh,
7: nice, nice. Evidence, evidence, evidence. It's all about evidence, isn't it? Evidence makes the legal world go round.
1: Kirti and Savio. Evidence,
7: also called proof, in many many cases. Wonderful song. Hang up a sheet between our things. A very simple way to look at it. A direct way to look at it, uh, or to address the issue. But nice little song by Jimmy Edward. I like the hardcore music. I like the, heavy the music. Heavy was I like very, the hardcore very music. Strong, very powerful. <laughs> very nice to listen to. It wasn't. Uh, Heavy, too heavy, but at the same time it is not uh, something that's uh, that you don't like to hear. It was heavy. But Maybe we should have heavy. just played this instead of in the what I, mean. <laughs> I, like, I like the way it flows. Very nice. I enjoyed this song. I, I don't completely get it on the first listen, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest about that. Right. But yeah, I do I do know a little bit of what, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, and as I said, the legal in the legal world or even in Anything to do with uh, relationships or families, evidence is key. Evidence is key. Once you find evidence, whether it's infide- infidelity or uh, not being loving enough or being overly possessive or anything, anything in a relationship or family's life, evidence is what is needed. And once you get get that evidence or you gather that evidence, then it's easy to prove what's happened, happened.
2: Uh, I enjoyed listening to the song, and uh, from the title of it, I thought it would be something much more deeper, because evidence, evidence Kids, and, right? And, uh, you know, based on evidence, you, there could be a very deep meaning song, profoundly written song. Uh, right now, evidence is for different things that uh, the world is trying to find. I know there's no use of it, and we will never get it. Uh, but uh, evidence is a word that is floating around very often than before and uh enjoyable music uh, though i think here in the song it it was about uh infidelity and i think uh, she is cheating on him and he knows something something like that yeah
7: yeah
2: that's what it seems on the first and that's what it sounded like
7: yeah and in, in this part of the world as well as um, many countries i think in asia at least what i know aware of
1: so, Akash uh, Anand, of one year ago, says Definitely Jimmy World is one of my favorite bands. Great reaction in the comments.
7: As well as They're
1: probably the one that uh, uh, requested uh, it. Request yeah.
7: It is the hmm. it Do is they have
1: 40.4 thousand subscribers it on
7: YouTube? Cheating or having an affair or infidelity, whichever way you look at it. Right. Or it could be death. So certain parts of the certain age groups, especially the younger ones, uh, death is also a serious reason or financial situation. But number one cause is definitely infidelity. And if that's what so I don't know what
1: any about, of these yes. are. I'm looking at their lower yeah, thirds. Kirti is MCOM, BCOM, and DGC. masavio Savio is Master of of DBM, DMM, know, know, DHM, know, CPN, and CPS. I, I can't
7: see what's happening.
1: You understand so any so of those sense. acronyms? I mean uh, the, BA, you MS? But the rest, I don't know.
7: It's a uh, funny and weird way of looking at it. But obviously, I mean, it hurts, it hurts. It hurts anybody if they find out that there's Mm infidelity happening with them. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the ones doing it, they don't care. But Mm -hmm. if it's happening to them, that's a different story altogether. But a good song, I enjoy this song. Thank you for watching.
1: The only one that I caught. I love how wholesome they are. Yeah, was the
0: master's uh, master of communication. That was the only one I got. The MCOM.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. And a bachelor's in communication, and a a DGC in communication, did a a doctorate of general communication. Jeez, I don't know. That that makes sense to me. Yeah, doctorate communication in general. She fucking knows. Yeah. Okay. that's what's up alright so I have a couple live videos that uh, that I also wanted to look at one Sweet. is the oldest YouTube video I could find of it let's uh, go ahead I'll paste this here and then I'll give you a little information about what I what I can glean this was posted by user audio rock 7 this is posted September 21st 2010 probably doesn't sound great it's- they're right by the soundboard though. yeah right the light bulbs. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we don't. <laughs> it's just the oldest video that there was on YouTube. For cool, it. cool. Um, all right, Virgin Mobile Free Fest. This is from 2010, and this looks like it's pro shot. It was uploaded to the band's own account. So let's go ahead and take these graphics.
0: Virgin Mobile. Are they still around? Virgin Mobile? I think so.
5: That's cool group.
1: It's not it's a A little out of left field. Cool.
5: Although I'll through impatiently. I earn till I buy you when you fall asleep. Hang up a sheet between our things. You won't have to see.
1: noticed only because i saw a guy a lad off stage i haven't gotten to the point with jimmy world that i am with blink and let me know if you're this way with weezer like i well i don't know who's mark who would be mark's base tech now because his base tech actually passed away a few weeks ago um but like i knew robert and i would be able to point robert out in a crowd and i know daniel jensen who's travis's base tech and I knew, I mean, Tom's bass tech or guitar tech passed away a few years ago, too. So Jesus is his new one. Um, and Matt, I know the guy. I, I forget his name right now. I just never. But like, I don't know any of their techs. Is that weird? <laughs> Do you know uh-huh. any of Weezer's techs? No, I don't know any
0: of their techs, no. Uh-uh. Oh, OK. So you're just special with with Blank.
1: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, I yeah. even know some of their photographers and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that close. I mean, I, I guess I I've never really looked. I'm saying no. I guess I'm familiar within that. I could point them out in a crowd. Right. Man, that's familiar. But I'm not that way with uh I, like I wouldn't recognize any of Jimmy Eat World's decks. Me neither. No. Nah. Yeah. I anyway, I That's what I yeah. noticed while watching this. Uh so those are a couple of live videos that I found. Um and now uh, we have a few covers. Um where do you want to start? Let's see. You know what? Let's go in order. I I love the the Yura Okay. Yeah. That what is that a mandolin? Yes, that is a mandolin. Let's take a look uh listen to Yura's Evidence cover. Ben gibbard vibes from this oh movie. yeah totally
5: to lie by you when you fall asleep
1: Euro says here's my rendition of Jimmy world's evidence had to lift it up a couple of steps in order to play that main riff on the mandolin so it actually sounds quite different compared to the original Check it out and see it for yourself. Filmed in the dome of Singer House in St. Petersburg, Russia. Recorded on a Zoom H6. Yeah, man, I'm I l- baffled because he looks like Ben Gibbard. He carries himself like his presence is like Ben Gibbard, right? No death cab, no postal service, <laughs> no Ben Gibbard covers anywhere on his channel. But yeah, man, I like his English inflections are spot on. Yeah, like I would never would have guessed that this dude was Russian other than his name, right? Yeah, St. Wow. Petersburg, man. Wow, yeah, I, I looked everything I, about that. Fully anticipated reading St. Petersburg, Florida when I read that. St. <laughs> <laughs> Petersburg, Florida. Here, let me In look at just covers. Like, let, Let's see what other covers he has Love Injector, Love Injector, The Seeker, Look at Me, Sum 41, Simon and Garfunkel, Don McLean, William Tyler, Secret Machine, Simon and Garfunkel. But see, this is light, last night I had the Strangest Dream, which is a Death Cab lyric. So it's like Punch Brothers, Bob Dylan. I mean, most of it is Sting. These are all like rather eclectic. Yeah, into it, over it. Now that's like a Andrew Bird, Jack White. Okay, Beatles, Queen, Simon and Garfunkel again. And only nine hundred and twenty-four subscribers. Yeah, ton of content on here though. So much, and it looks great.
0: Yeah, it's hard, man.
1: It's a slog, dude. Well, let me see. There's so many covers here. That's the only Jimmy World that I found. But let's just double check. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah, great job. You, uh, what was it? Yura. Yura uh,
0: Litkin. Yura Litkin. Yes. Uh you know well, what? Let's go. Let's move. Oh, what the heck? Let's do. What was the name of that comedian that you mentioned earlier? The guy. Oh man, I don't. I don't recall. I, the dude Zach with the, the, the with said. that crazy last name.
1: Yeah, Zach had said every time. I th- hear that name, I, or every time I something something something. It's not Andy Napolitano, though, is it? No, it's not. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> that's what made me think. How of do it. I know Napolitano?
0: Janet Napolitano, I think. You is you, it. Know, you know a Janet, huh? I don't know a Janet Napolitano. That's that's the last. That's name. A,
1: uh, that's a U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security. <laughs> that's how I know that. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> so this is uh, may, maybe a loose Former. relationship here. Uh, I have this one down as one of the Coostie Boys, Andy Napolitano. You got that one? Yes. All right, you can pop that in there. Here we go.
8: Follow you around till it's time, time to leave. Swimming into the idea of your scene
1: Here's my quick acoustic there cover of Evidence all by Jimmy World, complete, complete with morning bedhead He says
8: I earn to lie by you when you fall asleep Hang up a sheet Between our things Won't have to see Evidence i never seen Something that like banged for East Atlantic breeze There, although I'll hate it quietly There just to see a smile Anything Hang up a sheet Between our things, won't have to see evidence You did what you did, the memory is Won't have to see evidence
1: I was like, I mean, like, if it were me, I'd just go with my mouth. <laughs>
0: He's really testing the integrity of those strings, man.
1: Yeah, man. A lot of uh, a lot of jangle in those. Yeah. <laughs> Did you okay. see Kate Luca. I got Kate Luca. I
0: like her voice. Right. Let's listen to oh, Kate Luka. for If I a bit. didn't
1: watch Kate Luca, let's check out Kate Luca. Yeah. Oh, classic. Rui Santos, 10 years ago. By the way, can you please tell me the tabs and chords? Yeah,
5: right.
1: Still uploading covers as of nine months ago, at least. Oh, but there was a gap of 10 years. this i think it reminds me of an atlantis song
0: yeah well the way that kate punctuated that changed the whole sound of the song like yeah. it, it drew me in i was just sitting there
1: kind of captivated with every one of the i want to say it's this one Give me a sec. All right. playing a lot of music on this one yeah
5: A place that don't disturb sign on the door. You lost your place and oh I yeah did. I hear
1: it I think it's this one It's definitely from Jack Never Limpel,
5: seen but... to dance
1: what was the other one It was reminding me of.
0: Well, there's a couple of things about that one, like the arpeggiated chord progression sounded kind of like Evidence, but then also Kate's voice sounded like a Linus, a smidge.
1: A smidge. Or is it this one? Let's see. What's this one sound like? It's been so long since I listened to this record. The album cuts are good, though. No, not this one. No one likes that one. Uh, Oh, it might have been this one. Hold on. (laughs) I'm all in it. Uh... Yeah, maybe
5: this one. Sometimes, it's never quite enough. If you're flawless.
1: Yeah, this is the one I was thinking of, I think. Oh, okay.
5: Then you in my love.
1: Don't forget to win
5: first.
6: Don't forget to keep that smile on
1: your face. Be a good boy. Terrific song. Yeah. Terrific record. Reminded me of that. Good job, Kate. Yeah. Great job, Kate. All right. uh, Which (laughs) Thor's NBP 182 do you want (laughs) to start with?
0: Let's do the one from a year before. So that's the one where he's wearing blue, like a jumpsuit and a beanie.
1: Uh, that one I was just from the I just have them as before. Thor's NBP 182, Thor's ABP 182 again, and drums.
0: <laughs> uh, that's ex- guy yeah, the same exact thing as you. Um, do, do the very first uh, Th- Thor's NBP 182. That's fine. Uh, all right, whatever first link you got.
1: And we've seen this kid before because he's got the take off your pants and right. jacket cardboard cutout. Yeah, yeah, this is the one. To see him shred. Love it. So let's watch the other guitar video. And uh, I'm interested in specifically watching the bridge again. All right. uh, Yeah, let's jump. Let's see how he improved. Now, what's the time difference on these? Let's take a a year. A year. Okay. Yeah. A year later. Let's see how he does with his Tom hair now. Oh, is it Tom (laughs) hair or is it a hat? That's another beanie. All right, here we go. Jump into the bridge. I'd say he improved. Definitely more comfortable behind the yeah. strings. Oh, yeah, dude. Doing those little, and little then, like... And then uh, finally, let's see how he does on the drums. Now, when is the drums in relation to all this? I think the drums was the first thing I found. Yeah. So maybe he's a drummer learning to play guitar. Uh. There's Mark Travis behind him there. Jeez. Always. Dig his visuals, that's cool. What's interesting? What's that? I had to pull up that picture of Blink to make sure. I was pretty sure it was not inverted and it's not. He's playing lefty. Interesting. But he plays righty guitar. His guitar guitar playing is righty. Yeah. Wow. Great observation. But I specifically had to pull up the picture (laughs) of Blink from the Take Off Your Pants and Jacket album cycle because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Tom's shoes. Yeah, and they are. And that's uh, that's where Tom was standing. So, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Well, a multi instrumentalist. I like him better on the drums. Yeah, uh, that's a tough groove, man. Yeah. So now that's a good uh, that's a good transition over Caribou, Malin 59. I want to yeah. say. Yes. Uh, did you watch Caribou?
0: I watched a little night, a little bit. I said, nice and clean. Oh, sick. I like clean.
1: So, this dude's done a couple Jimmy World covers. Yeah. Bleed American, Evidence, Let It Happen, Movie Like, we played him on Movie Like and work.
0: you can see Super the foot tech. pedal too man or the
1: uh, yeah man that was good that's <laughs> a that's a complicated kick pattern it sure. is so but yeah, it was quirk movie like which we played let it happen and bleed american or his other okay uh, covers that he's got here
0: sweet hero boo malin 59 all right yeah man
1: all right uh do we have just the one left right oh uh, if you found one i didn't find it dude come on it's a boy danger gavin Oh, is it? How did I not come yeah, across dude. his? Uh, it was the I filter. Know. I must not
0: have hit the filter button properly. All right. All right. <laughs>
1: This is my favorite song from Jimmy Eat World's Invented Album. I the while, prove impatiently
5: I, I you when you fall asleep Hang up a sheet Between our things won't happen
1: I'm going to jump to the bridge and see where he goes. What else are you gonna do with a nylon string? You know. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> it's so hard not to like want to harmonize. You yeah. Know, like to sing love along finding Dave
1: Gavin in our uh, in our searches. Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song "Evidence" by Jimmy World? Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're I right. We could,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I got one. You're right. I
1: haven't. Oh, mine's not great, unfortunately.
0: I haven't listened to the second one that I did today. Um, the Foo Fighters one is not very good, so I don't. I'm not gonna play that one. It's not the right track. It's It's got Jim way too... They're, they're both off. You know, like one of them's super yeah. low. One of them's high. So I'm going to go with the Jimmy Eat World, Jimmy Eat World rave DJ. What'd you Jimmy World it with? Big Casino. So this is called Big Evidence. Let's see how this sounds. Big I, Evidence. This is a... Oh, man. It sounds like a, a Donald Trump tweet. <laughs> you know, that's a bummer. I uh, I built it, and then it never built... <gasps> it never finished it.
1: Oh no. All right. While yeah. that finishes, Go I'll ahead. I'll I'll play you why I thought of my mind. This is what the beginning of the song reminds me of. Tell me if you know this song. Oh wait. Uh I'm going to play Yeah, I'm going to play it on my end because I don't want to give it away. Okay, so let me uh, unmute my end here and hit play. <laughs> I love it. Dude, I don't I love late 90s pop rock. It's so like it's genreless. I used to like this, was like definitely like if this video was playing, I was stopping, and it was usually on VH1. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Now, his dad is somebody, right? Bachman Turner Overdrive. That's his dad is in Bachman Turner BTO, uh, but Tal- I don't know what that is. This is Tal Bachman, right? Yeah, this is Tal Bachman, but I don't know what his dad is. I think other the- than in BTO. And I'm saying BTO like I have any familiar with what that is. I, I assume the heads know BTO. This isn't the rave DJ. I'm just listening to the song now. Let oh, me yeah. go ahead. So that's that's why I chose it. It, it didn't turn out great, unfortunately. Um, but that's the song. To, uh, uh, for those that don't know, here, let's go to the chorus because it's It's catchy. I They only showed one shot of the drummer, but I'm pretty sure he's playing traditional, which is hilarious to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so uh, that is, yes, Tal Bachman's She's So High, great 90s hit. Um, And here is the Rave DJ. This is called, what was the name of it? Shenz So High. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
6: Hahaha. <have to> <laughs> <she's so> <laughs>
1: So high. <laughs> I liked it. You, it get...
0: uh, you know what? A big evidence isn't going to finish. I'm just going to go ahead and play uh, All My Evidence. The Foo Fighters one? Yeah, yeah. As, as All My as Evidence? As I, Is that All evidence? My Evidence, yeah. Fabulous Forum. <laughs>
1: Oh, this is cool. Yeah.
6: Oh, starts boy. getting all
0: funky.
1: <laughs> it goes <laughs> off of the rails. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> well, so, uh, well, maybe we can do some housekeeping later for yeah. uh, uh big evidence. Yeah. Big Evidence, the biggest <laughs> um Justin what are your final thoughts on the song, Evidence by the band Jimmy World. I really like
0: this track. Um I didn't look at all the numbers for this album, but I I have to believe that Evidence is way up there. On uh, on the listen count because it's just one of those tracks that uh, it builds. It's got that rock and sound in there, and it's um, I don't know, man. The the lyrics and you could hear with 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 Kate's cover the even with a different vocal line, mm-hmm. it still just yeah, hits as cool. hard, man. Um, so yeah, it, this is a jam for me.
1: Yeah, I can't. Um, I see why they dropped it off the set list, but I see why it was on the set list for so long. It's such a rocker after you get past the intro. But the couple times we watched them play it live, I was like, this intro is long. Yeah. (laughs) This this is a lot of not a lot of stuff happening. (laughs) Like, it doesn't, the song doesn't really get going until the second verse. Now, that's not a problem if I'm listening through the album, but in a live setting, I could see why this got dropped from the set list eight years ago now, you know? So, anyway, um, it'll be cool when it comes back. Uh, hopefully I remember that it's been gone since 2014 um but uh but yeah that's those are my thoughts uh otherwise I think it's cool I loved watching the uh Cary grant uh yeah I'm clip. glad you got the whole clip yeah man so uh so yeah there it is um so uh hopefully if you're in an argument with your significant other and you're putting sheets up uh please remember to be excellent to each other and party on dudes Ladies and gentlemen, uh it took some scheduling uh over I we were playing the long game because we had many songs to go over, but uh after a while we finally locked him down, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Craig Manning of how I know him Chorus FM, but of the uh, sort of the music uh uh writing empire as a whole, I guess. <laughs> uh welcome to the podcast. Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, it is uh it's harder to schedule interviews uh when you have three-hour time yeah. zone difference. I so. produce a podcast for
1: work, and I've got a host in Thailand and a host in New York, and I'm here in L.A., so it's, like, all over the place. <laughs> um, yeah,
4: that's like a, a, a chor- chor- choreography for Absolutely, for yeah. I mean, it's like,
1: yeah, different calendars and having the time zone setting. So, welcome to the pod. Most importantly, you are a gigantic, one of the biggest gigantic uh, Jimmy Eat World fans that I'm aware of, at least on Chorus FM, um, and... uh
4: that is a very nice way of describing me i i appreciate that i'm proud of that in fact you know i've uh been a big fan of this band for uh you know i think casually uh 2021 20, years uh we're, when we're talking you know bleed american just hit the 21 year i think yep, yesterday right. so uh and that was that was the first time i heard them um but then futures was kind of when I got really into them. So you know, we're coming up on on eighteen yeah. years on that. So yeah, they've been a, a big part of my life for a long time, and I've written uh, a lot of words about them <laughs> over the years. So this is this is exciting to uh, to to be talking about them in a in a different medium. Yeah,
1: right. And and that was sort of like when I started the the podcast with Justin. We sort of wanted to have an outlet to really have long conversations about every individual song and come back to ideas that that we might have found on another track or something like that and so it's probably yeah basically the aural medium of what you've been writing about for the last how long how long have you been a, a music journalist
4: yeah so uh i kind of got really into that um around 2011 uh, uh that would have been kind of my sophomore year of college and uh i actually i was a music major in college i uh i went in as a a classical voice guy uh kind of focused on choral kind of on opera uh mostly because i'd been a huge huge music fan throughout high school and uh you know it kind of that was the path that made sense to me back then so um you know it, it eventually became clear that uh, that career path is, is very 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 challenging and uh, it, it didn't look great from a career standpoint. So uh, you know I started diversifying what I was doing in college and, and one of the things I got really into was uh, was writing and 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 writing about, you know, my, my preference was usually music, but writing for the school newspaper. And then, uh, you know, that kind of led to, I think, the summer of 2011, I started uh, started keeping a blog, so, and uh, did that, you know, very, very consistently for, for about a year. And then, uh, in summer of 2012, uh, Jason Tate over at Absolute Punk caught notice of one of my reviews i believe it was a uh, it was handwritten by the gaslight anthem which which just turned 10 last week coincidentally uh and he he invited me to come aboard and i started writing for them and uh like did did about 200 reviews over at at absolute punk and then switched over to uh, chorus.fm uh, that would have been about six yeah. years ago i guess so yeah and uh you know, I'm a I'm full time journalist up here in, in Northern Michigan where I live. Uh, write about music when I can, but you know it's kind of just one of one of the many things that that I write about, and uh, it, it definitely uh, it keeps me young as a writer. I think to, to be able to go back to uh, to bands like Jimmy Eat World and and really explore kind of my past with them and uh, you know my continued uh, continued admiration for their work. Let's talk a
1: little bit. You touched on your what your you went into college for was classical voice and, and opera and things like that and many people might not think of uh, a fan of that style of music so much so that they're going into college to focus upon it yet also be a gigantic Jimmy Eat World fan and, and also the other bands that you're a huge fan of let's let's talk right, a little right, bit about yeah. your sort of like let's set the stage let's cleanse the palate and see
4: yeah, 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 sure. So no, it's really interesting because uh I definitely there were kids in in my my college classes, you know, uh when you're at a music school, a lot of it's basically it is classical music or I mean there's the side that's that's musical theater, um but there's not really in most schools uh kind of a a pop or rock and roll program. You know, my my college uh, I went to Western Michigan University here in the state, and uh, there was a great jazz program. But that was kind of the closest that we came to to pop music. Uh, and you know, I think it's it's kind of similar to that uh, in in high school music programs throughout the country. You know, uh, you don't necessarily have uh, you don't have what they had in like the TV show Glee or something like that. That doesn't usually exist. It's usually more of a you know a standard choral music uh situation if if you uh or or like a band orchestra kind of deal if you're on that side of things but yeah so I was a I was a singer from a pretty young age and um you know kind of got into that around the same time that I was getting really into uh to rock and roll music I'd say and and Jimmy World being one of the core bands in that and uh you know just kind of keeping That was kind of the way to be a performer i guess in in my town uh was to be a part of those programs and to do you know do the the musicals that were through the music department at school and then uh, you know my my favorite thing was always at the end of the year we did like a a pop music variety show where you know we had a whole full band uh, of students everyone kind of covering a different instrument and then you know you could audition on a on a pop song or a rock song, and, and perform that. So, yeah, I loved doing that. Uh, my senior song was a uh, Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, so he's he's another one of my guys. Uh, but you know, kind of coming out of that and being like, well, I want to, I want to have a career in music, but there aren't very many college majors that make sense. So, uh, classical voice it was, and you know, I. Uh, basically, would describe it as I was good enough to get into the program and kind of excel uh, at at certain levels of that. You know, I was in great choirs and have uh, you know I have friends that are professional musicians and are successful opera singers. And uh, one guy, one of my best friends, you know, he lives other side of the world in in, uh, in, in Scotland, and he is part of a touring choir, choral ensemble. Uh, So, you know, I know people who who made a career out of it. I just wasn't going to be one of them at at that point in time. But, you know, it kept music in my life for a really long time. And, uh, you know, and then on the other side, obviously, I was always keeping up with the latest albums that were coming out and stuff like that. And that eventually led me to uh, the music writing side of things. Domain
1: knowledge is super important and uh, and a very powerful thing. And I think really probably has informed obviously has informed your writing, but probably furthermore uh, led some credibility and weight to it, um, which I think a lot of people respect. Um, let's talk more now about uh, Jimmy Eat World specifically. You'd mentioned uh, that you'd sort of gotten into them around the Bleed American era. Do you mm-hmm. remember sort of like what that what that <clears throat> impetus was? What what was that inciting incident that you?
4: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, so obviously the middle was a was a huge hit uh, I think kind of spring twenty uh, spring two thousand two would have been when that kind of really blew up, um, and then so I, I just at that point in time I I, I was uh, you know eleven years old didn't have much access to music or much knowledge beyond kind of you know the the music that my siblings liked or that my parents liked but i knew hearing that song on the radio going to school every day that i was that i was a big fan of it so uh i don't think i explored them very much in that era just just beyond knowing i liked the song uh, cuz i think the narrative at that time so much was like uh you know there's one song that's good on an album and i was told that so many times cuz this was coming this was like after the the 90s era of of bloat in uh, in CD track lists and you know twenty dollar CDs and kind of everything that led to Napster and then to basically the the collapse of uh, of the music industry as a whole. So I think that was the narrative at the time. So I I wasn't really seeking out uh, albums that much, uh, and that started to change kind of around 2003 2004 when you know I started just instead of just downloading the one song that I liked from the radio. It was like, no, I, I kind of want to explore records and and find out, you know, what else is there. Find out for myself if, if, the, if the single is the only good song. Uh, and so there were a few artists uh, that kind of led me down that path. I think Counting Crows were a big one for me, John Mayer, uh, Matchbox 20. But I think the big, big moment was, uh, you know, it was hearing... I think I think I heard Kill the song from uh from Futures. I just heard it out of context maybe at a I think it was on TV. I was on a TV show and it just it blew my mind. I I couldn't believe that there was a song that was this good and was getting zero radio play and I just knew right away that I had to hear it again. So, went and tracked down that song and played it, you know. A hundred times in in a in a week or something like that, and then you know slowly slowly got into the the rest of the futures record and you know it just uh, I think it was the first time that I really latched onto to music in a sort of emotional way you know i was a uh, I was about to turn fourteen so lots of lots of hormones and uh angst and all of that and you know this this album seems to speak to some of the, the emotions that were in my head in a in a funny way so you know that it came to be an album that meant a lot to me at a time when you know a lot of other albums were kind of coming out that were scratching a similar itch you know i, I think i always look back to 2004 as, as a as a formative year for me musically you know there was a green day american idiot came out that fall uh, Butch Walker's letters came out that year, uh, the first Killer's record, the first Keen record. Uh, these albums that I think all kind of came to be really formative for me. Uh, but Futures was was sort of the 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 start of that story, and then you know it was just like this this high that I was chasing every time I uh, I went to find a new record, and you know at that point in your life I think every year feels so much longer than it does, you know, where we are now in our, in our thirties. Uh, or I guess I don't know yeah. exactly yeah, how old later, we are, but, yeah. but I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm in my thirties. So, you know, I think it was, uh, I think it was three years before the next Jimmy Eat world full length chase this light came out. And I remember just anticipating that so much, and it felt like it'd been a lifetime and, and then here it was. And obviously in the interim, I'd kind of gone back and, and, Bought, bought clarity and dug up bleed American and and static prevails and kind of uh found found things to love in those similarly to how I love futures but yeah that that band just became one that uh, that I was gonna chase and I remember you know hearing chase this light the first time and it was like reconvening with an old friend I think is how I described it from the start and you know I think that's that's what I look for almost yeah. all the time now when I'm looking for music that yeah. I love
1: so safe to guess then that futures is your favorite Jimmy world record
4: yeah yeah futures has always been my favorite I think uh kill and 23 are probably my my top yeah. two uh with dizzy from from the next record kind of flirting in there but you know futures I think I typically consider it one of my favorite th- top three of all time usually albums so you know it's not just my favorite of theirs it's just one of my my very favorite albums and and one that you know i constantly revisit and it it still feels the same way it felt back then which is uh it makes me hopeful while also reminding me of my uh my angsty (laughs) past which is always fun (laughs) so
1: uh today we're talking evidence and uh, I give you a list of songs, uh, sort of a floating list of songs as we were. Here's the next few coming up. Here's the next batch. And uh, this was one that you picked sure, out. Let's talk sure. specifically about this song. And what was it about this song that uh, sort of garnered your interest to sort of wax poetic about?
4: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I what something I always say about this band is that they just seem to have this uncanny knack for you know, releasing music that really speaks to me at uh, at certain important junctures in my life, and uh, like I said in in two thousand and four with Futures, that was uh, that was kind of a a coming of age, uh, really starting to discover and fall in love with music, and then Chase This Light was. Uh, you know, I was about to turn seventeen, so that's a that's a whole big life era. And then, uh, you know, invented is a super important record for me too, because that came out in in the fall of twenty ten. And uh, you know, I was I was dating the girl that I would end up marrying, and we had just we gotten together that summer. We are both from the same uh, same hometown, uh, but we're going to different colleges. So uh, that whole album to me became like this this soundtrack to a long distance relationship basically and it was the the album that I played uh, on these long drives to and fro uh, you know visiting her and then coming back so I always uh I gravitate toward that album for that reason it's got this very uh, crisp autumnal beautiful feel to me uh but I really love evidence, and I think one of the things I latched onto with that song at first is just you know how big, how big and meaty those guitars are, you know it's a, it's a sound that I think the band kind of went for a little more on uh, on surviving actually, but you know on on inventive it's just this uh, this explosion of sound, and I always loved just how big it sounded, and. Uh, I think I think that's ultimately what I come back to the most. You know, I think it's a I think it's an interesting st- song lyrically, kind of in the middle, I guess, of a breakup, but where there's a where there's maybe still some hope there, or at least still still some hope in the eyes of the uh, of the narrator. But yeah, I just love the sound of it. I've always I've always said that Invented is probably uh, not my favorite album of theirs, but maybe my favorite sounding. I think uh, what Mark Trombino and they and the guys uh, cooked up there is just sounds so big and, and orchestral almost at points. And, you know, that's just this big, big fat rock song track three.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Absolutely. And in the, the verses get progressively larger as it goes, which was something that we sort of noted on the episode. Um, and we also watched a clip from the Cary Grant film. Uh, I'm trying to pull up my notes real quick um, where the line is a, uh, is borrowed or or nodding to which is uh hang up the sheet between our things uh and it was literally a scene in the mm-hmm. movie where a, a woman didn't want to i don't know if you're, you're familiar with it or if you if you've looked at any of this but um uh, uh to maintain some form of modesty the woman wasn't comfortable sharing a room with him so he was he was very right. cavalierly like well let's put up the sheet and uh he even walks her <laughs> through like how a man undresses and it's a very individual thing it's a it's a cute scene uh between these two people and she's so like
4: uh well that's funny i didn't i didn't know, know that was a yeah. connection
1: i'll send it to you it's it's a am it, it, more interested to see like kind of the full um the full scene of uh, the full film um but yeah it happened one night right the yeah
4: movie.
1: and uh yeah.
4: okay yeah yeah absolutely um
1: so, yeah, just like a really interesting piece of information that we dove into. Uh, another, I'm trying to see if there's any couple of things that I think you specifically could lean into. Oh, I, I did find this, and you're a voice guy. Um, I found this website that tracks specifically oh, specifically lead singers' vocal performances, and it, mm-hmm. it notates no- high notes and notable low notes that are performed by the by the artist in different songs. And so it's part of my research is every song going through them. So you might find it interesting to know that uh, Jim hits an A4 and an F sharp 4 as his notable high notes of the song. And then his notable low low notes are F sharp 3 and D3. that probably means more to you than it does to me when i read it but i usually will cover it on every episode <laughs>
4: yeah yeah no i mean uh one of the things that's i think interesting as a as a fan of this band and particularly as a fan who uh kind of was finding his voice as they were uh releasing albums is that you know the the vocal ranges really do kind of shift from one album to the next you know i think uh and and i've definitely experienced this singing along to them in the car especially on this album because i had a lot of miles with it like i said uh but i think you know chase this light he really kind of was uh maybe hitting the top of his range and then um uh, adjusted down a little bit on on invented um uh, which is in, it kind of interesting because you know I, I, at least a, a little bit of this album is from uh, from a female mm-hmm. perspective so i always thought uh you know the way jim uses his voice and i think uses it maybe uh, with different producers is uh is interesting and i don't necessarily have a a grand theory about that i never considered <laughs> maybe, that maybe butch vig i never and, considered uh, that that might be something the big I stadium rock into. sound of uh of chase this late was pushing him up a little more but yeah yeah it's it's fun to uh to sing through and <laughs> see which notes are are easier to hit and harder to yeah
1: hit. that's an interesting thing to look at and consider while revisiting tracks because we're specifically splitting them up so we're not so we're sort of finishing all the records at the same time but I'll keep an ear sure. out for how Jim performs. Cause there are times where we specifically say, Oh man, the way that Jim sings that one specific line is so good. And comparing mm-hmm. how many times is that with Mark or with Gil or, you know, with uh, somebody else. Uh, that's an interesting consideration for sure. Thank you for that. <laughs>
4: yeah. And then it's also often like you, you can track it a little bit throughout the albums. Cause I think often the, the closing tracks are maybe are, are, are reaching a little higher i guess uh kind of uh reaching into that anthemic territory yeah. definitely 23 definitely dizzy uh but then also sometimes you know they ended on a more downbeat note which is like my sundown or uh you were good these songs that that are a little more in the, a baritone range so yeah it's fun to uh He's a, he's a dynamic singer and I've always loved his voice. I I think it's got this just very unique ache to it uh, that I think really kind of carries through yeah. the emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, the last couple of things I wanted to touch on was when you started getting more serious about your writing, as you started to actually interface with not only Jimmy Eat World, but other bands that you were writing about, what's that like for someone like you who maybe sort of fell into music journalism as as sort of a hobby Uh, how how was that transition becoming more intimately involved with the bands and and speaking to them directly for an interview or things like that Uh, i know for justin and i we're we very much are not journalists yet we put ourselves in positions (laughs) to have these conversations where i don't necessarily think i'm a particularly good interviewer so i'm sort of interested in your point of view how going no no it's a great question
4: um and i think because i think a lot of uh, professional music critics you know i've seen this on twitter where it, it says that uh you know you're not supposed to act like a fan or write like a fan or interview like a fan um and just candidly i've kind of always thought that was bullshit um you know, I, I, I've always been a fan first, and you know, perhaps that's why uh you know I don't have a, a whole slew of of credits with uh with some of the big publications under my name. Um, because I think the way I write is very much uh from a fan's perspective. And you know, it's hard it's hard when you're interviewing one of your favorite artists not to geek out a little bit. And you know, rather than, than treating it like a uh like a journalist interviewing a subject which I do every day in in my day job you know that's that's something I do all the time I, I definitely you know I know there's a a time and a place for objectivity and kind of the uh, the journalist's remove from the from the subject but you know just for for me music is is one of the things I'm not really willing or able to remove myself emotionally from because that's kind of that's why I fell in love with it that's why I fell in love with definitely this band specifically um so you know I've interviewed I've interviewed Zach uh, but but kind of beyond beyond him I've interviewed some of my my favorite artists ever I've interviewed uh Butch Walker I've interviewed Jason Isbell, I've interviewed uh, Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem. I've interviewed Matt Nathanson. You know, these people are are heroes of mine, and uh, you know, it's it's not really something that you can turn off. Uh, at least in my case, so I just try to, in those cases, make it into uh, basically like if you're having a conversation over coffee. With a guy who just happens to be a guy or gal who just happens to be one of your favorite songwriters of all time, uh, you know, try to make it fun, try to have some laughs in there, and 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 also, I think you know, really communicate to those people uh, what what their music means to you, because you know, I I think I I don't think anyone ever gets tired of hearing that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, as far as 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 you know, writing the actual reviews or, or or retrospective pieces, you know, I always try to put a little bit of myself in there, which you're you're also not supposed to do as a music journalist. But you know, I think hearing the stories that that people have of uh of music and why it means something to them and, you know, what role it played in their lives, I think that that is meaningful for people. And I think, you know, I, I've written lots of pieces about that and kind of charting my my personal growth along with my musical growth and kind of the these these albums that have come out over the years that have meant something to me and you know it's always uh it's it's fulfilling to to get feedback on that and hear from people who who say things like you know this is this is almost exactly what happened in my life or thank you for being honest about about why this means something to you because you know I think otherwise you you almost run the risk of music journalism becoming this cold analytical you know kind of describing the way things sound instead of uh, really delving into why anyone would listen to music which is is almost always there's there's almost always an emotional component you know uh, unless you are very much listening to it for the musicianship or kind of the you know the mathematical side of music and I don't want to put that stuff down either because obviously there's so much uh, brilliant craft that goes into into making these things that we love but you know I don't I don't love music like that in the way that I love it kind of from a this Got me through a tough time, or reminds me of really good times in my life, and I think uh, I try to communicate that. I guess so. Uh, maybe that's why I'm not a uh, a professional music writer sure. <laughs> in the way that uh, you know some of some of the critics. I think out
1: that's there are. one of the things I like about your writing the most is that I can relate to it, and you put things into words with your experience that maybe I can't articulate, but because I respect your point of view, knowing. That you like the band how I do, or you know what I mean. Like from a reader standpoint, it is different mm-hmm. than going and picking up, you know, the New York Times music section. And they need to write to a broader audience who's never heard of Jimmy Eat World, for example. Whereas it feels like maybe you're writing to the Jimmy Eat World fan um, from that perspective.
4: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think you know one of the great things about absolute punk and and now chorus is that you know we know <laughs> we know who's reading it and we know it is uh, it's people like us it's people who love this music uh from a very you know emotional primal place i mean the the slogan for for absolute punk was music men's broken hearts uh, and i always loved that even even if it it can scan as, like a little angsty or a little emo and uh I mean there's nothing wrong with that obviously there are plenty of angsty emo bands that are are loved by that community but you know i don't think there's anywhere on the internet where there's more of a jimmy world contingent than yeah. on chorus uh i don't think there's anywhere that uh, that gives those later albums more credit than we do um and i don't really think there's anywhere that that holds those classics in as high esteem yeah. as we do so uh it it's nice to to know that if I'm going to write something that's that's very uh it's very fawning <laughs> over this band or, or many of the bands I've written about over the years that you know there I am speaking to an audience that uh that is going to to understand that versus uh maybe a, a more general audience that knows this band as uh the, the band that yeah. wrote the middle. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I didn't, what's funny is I am obviously on course enough that I would have seen it on my own. Zach commenting in the Jimmy e world album thread or not album thread, right. but in the yes, artist thread. Yes. And then uh, like, was that kind of a trip to you to even like have <laughs> Zach weigh in? Uh,
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he dunked on me a little bit and rightfully so. Cause I was, uh, I was being a little over dramatic there. Um, uh, but just kind of to give an introduction, I guess, to, to what happened. Uh, this was in response to an interview that Jim had given kind of hinting at uh, the fact that the band might not be working on an album right now or anytime soon, and kind of hinting at uh, around the release of, of their latest single, Something Loud, that they might uh, they might be looking to do more uh, more singles going forward, at least for a little while. And, uh, you know, I think we had a collective meltdown in the forums (laughs) (laughs) where we were like, uh, you know, because we we are, I think, as a site, uh, very attached to the album format. And I think, you know, also very attached to the uh, new Jimmy World album every three years schedule which has uh has existed for a long time so i think between those two things we uh we maybe overreacted to this this soundbite in in some random interview and uh i don't even remember exactly what i said i think it was I think it's, it's like
1: oh it. As, as a you as know. a as a fan you prefer hearing i mean you're an album man so you like to hear you want to hear right. ideas of-
4: yeah i think it was i think it was um you know, because they aren't the first artists to, to hint at this or, or say this or, I mean, some have followed through, some have not. Uh, but I think I said there's, it's a quick way for me to lose interest in, in bands I love for them to say, we're going to stop making albums because, you know, I think it's, you can love a song, but it's harder to love it in the the way you do when it's a whole collection of work. Uh, it's harder to I guess connect that to a whole piece of your life uh, when it's one song versus something a little more substantial so that's basically what I said and then uh I think Zach came in and he was like you know we uh we need to work on some some uh reading comprehension I mean the
1: classic of <laughs> Zach dunking on you is like uh is like a compliment you know what I mean like the uh-
4: no no absolutely and you know I've, I've interviewed zach and i think i've uh joked around with him on on twitter before so i know he he is an intense guy but ultimately i think uh does have a, a sense of humor and i think he was kind of uh poking fun at us maybe yeah. more than uh more than being upset about oh, what was, that, that playing was out but he basically said like you know we're not we're not necessarily done making albums. This is just uh, you know, this is something we're going through right now. And he said, I think, you know, no band says these kinds of things if they have, you know, 10 straight bangers to put on a record. They say them when maybe the the inspiration's not there or it just feels better to say, well, we have this one really good song right now, so let's just put that out there and then, you know, we'll see we'll see where that leads, but yeah, so I basically, I, I think I responded pretty quickly and was like, "Yeah, we we overreacted and we apologize for that." I I definitely understand kind of, and I, and he also said that you know COVID complicated things, like as far as the band not being able to tour surviving in the way they wanted uh and it was kind of this big reset in terms of you know their whole schedule and the the economics of of being a band and uh so i think uh i apologized and and, and made peace yeah there. somebody but had... no it, it definitely it uh, it was definitely a little bit of a trip and i i think it's a reminder that our little corner of the internet over there is uh is visible to people who aren't posting there every hour on the hour
1: (laughs) and i i think uh, i thought it was pretty cool i was excited to see that it had happened yet i saw it how i think a lot of people saw i wouldn't say it went viral but like in the community like people were sharing a screen grab of his response to you and like Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it from a perspective of like knowing you online knowing the course forums understanding from i guess an insider's perspective and all these people on the like facebook fan group and stuff like this were like oh these these people oh somebody literally said you weren't a fan of the band and i pulled a jason tate and said you literally don't know what you're talking about <laughs> 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 um
4: well, that's i did i actually didn't know it was that widely out that there that was how so i came across uh, it cuz have sort of
1: been i sort of been and and not on the sites it just work is work you know what i mean so like unless i'm researching the pod i'm not really digging into the the forums when it's a busy busy work week and i happen to see it pop up on my facebook feed from the fan group and then i think somebody dropped it on reddit and stuff like that and it was just like oh, i was sure, like sure. oh look of course <laughs> I saw what like, the context. <laughs> so what I did was what I don't understand why people post screenshots of a website when you can link directly to things. I said, you know what you guys are missing is the context of Craig's response and Zach saying, All good, like you guys are like blowing this way all out right, of proportion. Yeah, right. And then lots of people were like, Oh, thank you. I had no idea where this was on the internet. So then maybe a few other people get to go to chorus or something like that. But um yeah, that was kind of a trip to uh that that being wow. how I found out about no, it. No, I didn't
4: all. know about that, but that's uh <laughs> You know, sometimes you're the villain on the internet and you don't even know about it. So I think that's the <laughs> always a, be. always a fun day in the world of the, the world yeah. wide web. Anyway, it was
1: I thought it was really fun and it sounds like you took it in a stride. And obviously, like if you just sit there and read your back and forth with Zach, like it's all good. I'm excited to read about it when, you know, uh you do another interview with Zach talking about whatever the next release is, you know?
4: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean I'm sure I'm sure uh We'll talk again, and I'm sure I'll I'll write more about this band. You know, I think at this point I've uh, I might have pieces out there about everything. I mean, I I obviously am not writing about every song individually <laughs> like you guys are going through, but um, and I don't think I've done Static Prevails or the EP, and you know the the self-titled debut is kind of a a different story. I think it almost gets cut out of the out of the lore. But I think everything else you know between uh between ten year pieces and uh or twenty year in the case of uh, of a bleed last year uh, you know i think I think everything i've 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 got a piece out there about yeah. everything so now I just need to start writing the the you know the updates. Uh, the 2004 20-year piece update and on that—that's a really g- piece great way to, to sort it. of
1: start landing the ship. Is like, yeah, what's what's next for for sort of ideas that you have? Obviously with new releases, but it sounds like maybe you might approach doing like anniversary releases and stuff like that, and retrospectives and things like that.
4: Yeah, so I've been doing the retrospectives for a while. I did a 10-year on uh, on futures, and then I did a. Like I did ten years on on, uh, on futures and chase the Light and invented, and then I did a twenty year piece last summer about bleed American, um, but you know I think it would be really cool to uh, at some point, and maybe maybe futures is is the right time to do this, but you know get all those guys together for for some form of a. Of oral history there, because I, what I've been told, and I think I think Zach said this when I interviewed him uh, right before Surviving came out, because I asked him to uh, to rank the band's albums, and I don't I don't think he was able to do it. I think he was basically like, well, there are things. I love about all of them and they're different than the things that that you guys all love about them and part of the reason is that he's he basically said part of the reason is that so much of it is tied up in his experience being a part of of making those albums and uh, about futures he said uh, that process was excruciating I believe excruciating was the word he used so you know that really piqued my interest I'd love to do I'd love to do some form of oral history to kind of to hear what went on there, because obviously, you know, they started that record with uh, with Mark Trombino, and I think that kind of broke down somewhere, and then they brought in Gil Norton, uh, and he was the producer of record for it. Uh, and obviously, it was kind of, I guess, maybe their last uh, flirtation with the, the mainstream rock radio, because rock radio kind of ceased being a thing after 2004. Uh, 2004 2005 but uh yeah it'd be fascinating to hear and not just because it's it's my one of my favorite albums but uh it sounds like there there were some some things that went on behind the scenes there
1: yeah well it's fun to be on the journey with you i love reading your writing i love seeing you in the forums and things like that i really appreciate you coming on and talking specifically about the band uh and your and 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 your uh uh history with music in general and the band. Where can people find you online these days uh or uh, in print maybe wherever wherever your writings might be.
4: Yes, yeah, so you can uh you can continue to find me on chorus.fm. I'm still uh you know not writing over there as much as I used to. I've got a pretty busy day job, but you know, I try to to pop in uh whether into the forums well, under the forums every day, and then every once in a while to to write up something. Usually, usually these days it is kind of in that retrospective vein, so uh, that's always fun. And then you can find me on Twitter at further from sky.
1: Awesome, Craig. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, talking to the band. I know you're a big fan, so we're fig- we're big fans of you. So thank you so much.
4: Well, thanks so much for having me. This was awesome.